And welcome back, everybody. This is the Things Christians Want to Know podcast, and with me is Paul Anderson. Hi, Paul. Good day to you, Nate. And I am Nate Johnstone, and it is good to be back. And we are going to continue our discussion on the demonic. And last week, we, we talked about how our point of view is that the Bible is correct in its assertion that the demonic exists. It's not just a metaphor or... Um, a delusion of ancient people who didn't know anything about science. It is a reality that within this world there are spiritual forces of light and spiritual forces of darkness. And Jesus is very clear about that when he talks about it in Scripture, that we are in a world at war. Whether we would like it to be that way or not is not relevant. Whether we want to be in a war or not is not up to us. Hmm. We simply are in it. Yes. And this is a hard truth, an inconvenient truth, pun intended. And it's a, it's a difficult thing for a lot of people to, to accept. But the reality is, if you don't accept that the Bible is accurate when it says that we are in a world in con- spiritual conflict, um, you're, you're open for attack. You, you, if you walk into a battle believing there's no battle and you don't wear armor or bring a weapon, you're in trouble you're in very serious trouble. Indeed. And I think the reason a lot of Christians in America in particular today find themselves in a lot of trouble is because they refuse to believe they're in a war. They, they live in a country where they have almost anything they want, and their primary focus is on getting those things they don't yet have that they don't need. Mm-hmm. And so we're, we're so lulled by comfort and by prosperity that we've lost this concept of suffering for Christ, for example. We've lost the concept of the fact that we're in a war and we need to wage war on God's behalf, on behalf of the kingdom, on behalf of our friends and our family. And that's fallen by the wayside in America. You, you talked last week about how it, people make light of it. Mm-hmm. And if the kid does something bad, and, oh, you little devil. My grandma used to say that. Oh, you little devil. My mom would get mad at her when she did. Uh, and she meant it as a, you're a cute, adorable thing doing something naughty. Mm-hmm. Is that's what she's saying? Like, oh, you little devil, you spilled something or whatever. Um, that's not accurate. I mean, Jesus said the devil comes to steal. Not good. I don't want to be stolen from. Do you want to be stolen from? Not at all. To kill. Uh, I definitely don't want to be killed. To steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's what the devil came to do. And that's what he is doing now. Mm-hmm. Those are serious things. Those are not jokes. Those are not, <coughs> excuse me, minor issues in our lives. To be stolen from, to be killed, or to be destroyed are all pretty bad. We need to be aware of these things and not be ignorant, which is what the Bible says. Again, we are not ignorant of the enemy's schemes, Paul says. Mm-hmm. The enemy's methodologies. Okay, We have a real enemy. He is an actual personal being who's evil, and he wants to steal, kill, and destroy. And we shouldn't be ignorant, Paul says, of his ways. Yes, He has ways. He has methodologies. He has tendencies, and we should not be ignorant of those so that we can fight well, so that we can defend ourselves, defend our families, um, and resist and defeat the devil when he comes, uh, comes a-calling. And... I think it's important to understand this. And I think it's sad that so many people just want to turn a blind eye and pretend it's not real. With you all the way, Nate. To their detriment. And I've seen it so many times. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And, and I've had experiences with people who, I, in, in a counseling setting, I've been like, so I, I think at least part of the issue here we're dealing with is that you have some spiritual darkness that we need to get cleaned up. Just some spiritual gunk that's attached itself to your life through one thing or another. And I think that's something that we need to deal with um, in order to get you forward and to get you healing and that sort of thing. I often call it that spiritual darkness or spiritual gunk or something like that, because even mentioning the word demon causes a lot of people to freak out. The response is either, oh, you're a crazy person. I didn't realize that. Goodbye. Or they say, oh, now I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And we don't need to be afraid. That's what Jesus was proving to the disciples, you know, long before his death and resurrection. He would send them out to cast out demons to prove to them they didn't have to be afraid of the enemy. He was bigger than the enemy. His kingdom was brighter, stronger, better than the enemy's kingdom. And so people are afraid when they hear the word demon. But if, if in your context, listener, you, need, you decide after listening to these that maybe, you know, your friend, your kid, somebody you know might have some sort of demonic activity going on, in their life, in their home, um, you don't have to use the word demon. That's okay. It doesn't matter. Um, your response is going to be the same in how you deal with it. But if terminology is going to cause fear or panic or anything like that, just call it something else. I like spiritual gunk. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's something more serious, I'll say spiritual oppression. I think you're being spiritually oppressed. And I'll see if that rings true. They're like, yeah, I do feel oppressed. Okay, well, there's, there's some spiritual, you know, forces, some darkness trying to oppress you. And some people just, they have an easier time seeing it as an amorphous force. It's like there's the good side of the force and the bad side of the force and the dark side of the force is sort of I- I- oppressing me right now. And they, it's less scary for them to think of that, than think of demons as personal agents. And uh, as I was taught in seminary, suffering people get to pick their own theology. And so if it's just too hard for them, it's not helping someone deal with the demonic issue. What I'm saying, helping someone deal with the demonic issue is not the time to say, well, actually they are personal agents and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and give them a Bible lesson. They don't need a Bible lesson. They need you to pray for them. They need you to take a stand and cast out the darkness. Mm-hmm. That's what they need. And afterwards, if, if you want to, you know, give them a Bible study, you can. Um, Let me yes, give an Paul, example of that. Please, please do. Because... When I was a pastor out in California, from time to time, not very often, but a few times, I would get a call from one of the members who was saying, you know, we got some crazy things going on in our home late at night, lights going off and on, we hear some creaking sound, mm-hmm. and uh, it feels like uh, we, can, we can hear windows opening, and uh, we don't like it. It doesn't feel good. What some people would call a haunting. Yes, right. yes. And so I would call Roy Jones because Roy Jones had the gift of discernment. He could go into a setting like that. I'd look over at him, and he could tell if there was a, if there was a presence of darkness. I would call a demonic presence. Mm-hmm. If... if uh, they were there. He would just nod his head, yes. I do not have that kind of gift. He and I would walk into a store, and we'd come out, and he'd say, oh, did you feel that? And I'd say, no, I didn't <laughs> feel anything. He said, oh, there was some darkness in this place. God gave him that gift, and that gift is meant 
to care for the body of Christ yeah, and, and to awesome. um, bring us safety. And so uh, they knew there was something of darkness. We didn't say, well, we know there are demons there, but we said, there's uh, sounds like there may be a presence. So we'd go over, I'd look over at Roy, and Roy would confirm, yes, indeed, there, there is something going on here. And so I would anoint the doorposts all around the house. Uh, and, and, and by anoint, just I for would, those who I aren't would, sure what you mean by that. Yeah, I'd, I'd take oil. And I olive oil uh, or, or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, and just make the sign of the cross. And as I did, I would pray that the powers of darkness be gone, demons that are present be gone in Jesus' name. Jesus gave authority to disciples to do it, and He gives us the same authority to cast out demons. So, pretty simple methodology. Mm-hmm. Um, anointing with oil is a practice that goes back to the Old Testament. And it's something that happens in the New Testament as well. And uh, we see it in James and we see it in other places. And so that is a pretty common practice in the church across denominations is anointing with oil for the sick and for anointing with oil when dealing with cleansing of spiritual darkness. Yes. Uh, we and d- it we did it every in, time. We did it in our home when we moved in and we did it in our home again recently this summer when we felt like, I wouldn't go as far as to say that there was a, spiritual presence of darkness in our home, but it wasn't as bright as it had been. Let Mm -hmm. me put it that way. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It does. We had tons of people in and out of our house. We hosted a lot of people over the past year and I'm not blaming anyone or saying anything like that, but you know, like Jesus said, you don't have need for me to wash your whole body, but I do need to clean your feet because your feet Mm -hmm. are dirty. Mm -hmm. Um, And walking through this world, sometimes our feet get dirty and we just need to clean them off. Um, and that's part of what deliverance ministry is. And so I had my family come and pray at my house and, um, we did exactly what you said. We anointed doorposts and, 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 and things with, um, just olive oil, nothing fancy. doesn't have to smell like frankincense and myrrh or anything, you know, magical like that. Um, it's just olive oil, which is what they used in the, in the Bible. And we prayed against anything that was there. We cast anything out that might've been there. And then we listened to the Holy Spirit to see if he would tell us anything specific. And my gift of discerning of spirits isn't very strong either, Um, but I had people praying with me who were much stronger, and so they would get a word of knowledge or a a discernment bit, and then we'd pray about something specific Mm -hmm. um, to get rid of that specific thing. And it made a difference. We could feel it even at the time. Well, we never got called back to those houses, never again, because it was sealed and we said, get out and stay out and don't come back. And demons don't have a will of their own. They're obeying the powers of darkness. And if the power of light is greater, which it is, Satan is not omniscient. He's not omnipresent. He can't read our mind like people think he can. He he can't. So he is limited. But he knows this. He knows that his time is short and Mm -hmm. he's panicking. These are, yeah, in the last days, it says there will be an increase of demonic activity, 1 Timothy 4, be, for that very reason, that yep. he is losing, and he knows he's lo- losing. We're on the winning side. Yep. And, and uh, we, we started talking. Um, and that's why we don't need to be afraid. Yes. And, and I, I want to be really clear. I, I'm, I'm not trying to say the devil is real, people, be afraid. I'm saying the devil is real, realize it, admit what the Bible says as being true so that you're not ignorant. Ignorance is not bliss. Ignorance is a death sentence. 
Ignorance is just begging to let the devil come in and steal all your stuff and rob your joy. Yep. I'm saying don't be ignorant, but don't be afraid. There is nothing to fear because our God has already defeated the devil. He has cast out the ruler of this world. And so, but we need to go and proclaim that fact to the demonic because we are ambassadors of J King Jesus. We are the heralds of the king. And so that's how we expand the kingdom is we go into places where the enemy still is, even though he shouldn't be. And we walk in and say, you can't be here anymore. King Jesus now runs this place. This is his kingdom. You have to leave. And mm -hmm. they do. They have to. Because they have to. But if no one tells them to leave, they're not going to. And I, uh, we, we almost got into 1 Peter uh, 5 uh, mm -hmm. about recognizing, resisting. Can I jump there? Yeah, do it. Here. So we're looking at 1 Peter 5, verse 8, uh, where Peter says, Be sober-minded, be watchful. Mm -hmm. That is where our culture is not sober-minded and watchful concerning no. the demonic. They're and so we need to be intentionally looking the other way. Yes. You're okay. Now he's going to say three things about this enemy. First of all, your adversary. You said last week we're in a battle. It's not a flesh and blood, but it's somebody who is against us. Yes. He's coming against us because he's mad at God. Mm -hmm. He's mad at God because he wanted to be what Jesus is. Mm -hmm. He wanted to, to, to rise to greater heights, and he sunk to the depths, mm -hmm. a snake crawling on his belly. So he's an adversary, first of all. So he's our opponent. He's against us, and he wants to defeat us. He tried to take Peter out, and he almost did, but Jesus, uh, Jesus prayed for him and kept him. So he's an adversary, and then he says he calls him the devil. He's a slanderer, and he's a bold slanderer. Mm -hmm. He said, did God really say? And then he said to God himself, when they were talking about Job, he said, Job only serves you because it worked. It pay, he, what is it? He, he, there, there's, there's some, because something he's, in he's it. blessed. Yes, yes. Because you're blessing him. Yes. So... That's pretty brazen and pretty, mm -hmm. pretty, pretty bold. He's he's uh, adversary. He's the devil, and he prowls around like a roaring lion. He's not a lion who sleeps in his cave. He stalks and he's seeking something to roars. devour. Yes, he's after. He is actively trying to devour your life, mm -hmm. your joy, and your peace and your health, and your financial well-being, and all that kind of stuff. And he has a sinister joy yeah. if, he, if he manages to take if, you if down. If he can take out one of God's kids, that, that's, you know, that's his best idea of a best day. And again, I'm saying we need to be aware of these things, because the Bible says we are, should not be ignorant of the enemy's ways. Okay? So we don't want to be ignorant, but we don't need to be afraid. Yes, he's a lion seeking whom he may devour. That sounds scary. Mm -hmm. It's supposed to sound scary. That's why the Bible uses that metaphor of yes. a lion. Because yes. lions would be scary if you saw one trying to eat you, right? Um, but Jesus has won the battle. Okay? Just like he shut the mouths of the lions for Daniel, he'll shut the mouth of the devil for you too. But you have to engage in the battle. You can't just pretend it's going to go away. If you close your eyes at the roaring lion and pretend he's not there, 
you might be the one that gets devoured. We saw a lion in Tanzania, mm. 20 yards from our tent. We were in a Jeep, and we couldn't get, come any closer. They said, you don't mess with lions, of course. Yeah. We, we knew that. So we kept our distance. Better, better in the Jeep than in the tent when, yes. you, see, when you see the lion. Yes, though. yes, yes. So recognize he's an adversary. He's a devil. He's a slander. And he is a lion. To rec then, we, then we go to the next point, resist. So it says in verse 19, resist him, firm in your faith, knowing that the same kind <coughs> of suffering, the same kinds of suffering are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. So recognize him, we resist him. We come against him. We stand like Paul says. That's mm -hmm. his word for resistance. And, and it's, it's very important that you don't read the word resist and think ignore. Mm -hmm. Because I, I think a lot of people, they hear resist the devil and he'll flee from you. And for some reason, they think, pay no attention to the devil and he'll flee from you. Ignore him. Just don't listen to him. Pretend he's not there. And he'll eventually get bored and leave. And that's not what it says. Resist means to fight against in battle. That's, that's what the word actually means, to stand against in battle. Mm -hmm. It means fight off. Mm -hmm. Fight off the devil. And when you do that, when you make a stand, he will leave. Mm -hmm. But we have to make a stand. If we don't resist the devil, if we don't make that stand, then he's not going to go away. Why would he? We heard that in the song as kids. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Mm -hmm. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So the, the resistance is taking a stand in order that he goes. <laughs> we don't go. We take our stand, right. and we're not moving. He will have to leave, and we can get the devil out of here. And again, that is not in our own power. That's because of Jesus Christ. We simply tell him who Jesus is and tell him he has to go because of Jesus. Mm -hmm. It's not because of us. Mm -hmm. The devil's not going to leave because of us. Yes. He's not afraid of Nate. Okay? He's afraid of Jesus in me, though, big yeah. time. Yeah, yes. Big time he is. Mm -hmm. And he knows that the Jesus in me is going to come out if he comes near because I'm going to let him out. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm going to let Jesus out right at the devil's face, and he knows that. Because I've done it a lot. And this, it's, this isn't a big part of my ministry, by the way. I don't deal with the demonic all the time or anything like that. But it does happen sometimes. And it's something that we need to be aware of so that we can deal with it, so that we can do these R's. Is there a third R? Resist is the biggest one to me personally because I think that's where a lot of people fail. Yes. I think a lot of people, they believe everything we've said so far. But when it comes to resist the, the devil on their own, it's like, how about I just pretend it's not there? Or how about I just, I'm just going to trust in God. I've heard that before. Resist the devil and I flee from you. Yep, I'm just trusting in God. Okay, what does that mean? I, I'm doing nothing is what that means. It means I'm sitting here believing God's going to jump in and save me. But that's not what it says. It doesn't say sit there and pray and I'll, I'll come in and save you. It says resist the devil. It's really super clear. <laughs> and that can be with words. We say, I come against you. You're not, yeah. uh, you're not welcome here. You're not welcome in this place. Get mm -hmm. out and stay out. Yep. And I like to raise my voice. Not that he, he responds to a raised voice, but it's for me. 
it helps me to understand sure. this is serious stuff. It reminds you you're, you're in a battle. Yes. You're yelling at an enemy. Um, you're not politely asking, you know, a child to be quiet. Um, also, again, people don't like this, but you have to do it out loud because the devil can't read your mind. Mm hmm. You yes. can you can think, say it. You can think all the perfect thoughts that you want. Yes. The devil doesn't know them. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. you have to speak it into the declare it into the atmosphere. Okay, and that is uh, there's a whole scriptural motif about that, um, about how you have to speak it and declare it into the atmosphere. I don't know why that's the case, other than the fact that. Um, well, we want the them devil to hear can't it. hear you otherwise. He can, he can hear it. But that's why, that's why prophets exist and they exist and they speak and God would say, speak, son of man. They had to say it out loud. It yes. does something in the spirit and it allows the enemy to hear. So you have to resist the devil and it has to be active and it has to be out loud. It doesn't have to be all the right words. You don't have to quote all the right scriptures. It certainly doesn't have to be in the King James. Um, <laughs> you just say, devil, get out of here in Jesus name. Yes. That's good enough. And honestly, even just the word Jesus sometimes works. Mm -hmm. um, when I, I was having a period when I was a kid of having nightmares and they were demonic. And I know other people who've had the same experience. And my mom was just like, just call on, call on Jesus in your dream the mm -hmm. next time it happens. Mm -hmm. And I've always been a lucid dreamer. So um, the next time I had a dream, I'm like, oh yeah, mom said call on Jesus. So I'm like, Jesus says, get out of here or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I woke up and I didn't have that dream ever again wow. to my knowledge. Wow, wow. Um, and so like you don't, it's not with many words. It's not with eloquence. It's not with, with the right scriptures or anything like that. It's with Jesus. This is all about Jesus. It's about you opening your mouth and declaring that Jesus is king in this place and the devil has to leave. And that's all there is to it. I do not raise my voice when I'm dealing with a demonic, when there are people around. Yes, thank you for clarifying that. That is I, a very uh, good point. And, and Dave Heinrich, when we were uh, in another country, and he was asked to, to go after some demons, they were yelling, and he went to them, and he, he quieted things down. He yeah. talked to the person. He could see there was some demonic af uh, activity, and then he simply spoke with authority, and he said, in Jesus' name, get out, stay out, don't come back. And that they were impressed with mm -hmm. the fact that he didn't have to yell, and he didn't have to shake this woman. It was kind of abusive, the way yeah. that they oh, were. I, I, I have seen this done poorly as well, and, and I, I've actually taken a lot of cues from Dave and um, do it pretty much his methodology now. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so I do it very gently. And I mean, oftentimes I'm almost whispering because they, they yes. don't need to hear the volume of your voice. No. Again, when I'm by myself doing spiritual warfare kind of prayer, I, I tend to yell because I'm I trying to psych myself up and get my, uh, it helps keep me focus. It helps me focus it, sometimes. Yes. Um, cause believe it or not, I have a hard time focusing in prayer. I get mm -hmm. very distracted mm -hmm. very easily. Mm -hmm. And so things like walking around or marching or shaking my fist and sometimes raising my voice, that helps me focus because I am weak and I have a hard time focusing without it. Um, but when it comes to people, someone with a quote unquote spiritual yuckiness in their life, um, you have to be gentle, very, very gentle. They don't need mm -hmm. to be commanded out in the sense of by force of your will. It has nothing to do with your will. It simply has to do with Jesus being put up on a flagpole <laughs> yes. instead of the devil. Let me finish. You asked if there was another R, and there is. 
recognize, resist, rejoice. Mm. Peter goes on to say, after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. I think that's a good place to pause for this week. So, yeah, let's take take a break um, until next week. And, you know... I, I do want to pray. I want to end with prayer. Um, in case there's anybody listening who, who this kind of topic does cause a little fear for you and, and make you a little bit afraid, I just want to pray. Father God, I thank you that in your word it says perfect love casts out fear. And you also say that we have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And so, Father, I pray these things for all our listeners. Mm -hmm. I pray a spirit of power, of love, that love that casts out fear, and of a sound mind, a mind that is sane, thinking correctly, properly, thinking along the lines that Jesus thinks. As your word says, we have the mind of Christ. Help us to walk into that. Lord, help us not to be afraid of the devil or afraid of the demonic or spiritual darkness. We have nothing to fear because we are on your side, Jesus, creator of all, ruler of all. Mm -hmm. And you've already won the, the victory. You've already won the victory. We simply get to go around and proclaim your victory and declare your victory and plant flags that say kingdom of God on them. On the, in the places we go. And we have nothing at all to fear. And so I pray against fear. I rebuke a spirit of fear from anyone who is listening and is having a difficult time with this. I rebuke that spirit of fear right now in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. And I command you to leave in Jesus' name. And I cover you with the blood of Jesus Christ. That was a deliverance prayer, by the way. And it does work if you're listening to a podcast, even hours later. And I, I have... Many proofs of that, actually, that maybe one of these weeks I'll bring up. So we'll see you next week on Things Christians Want to Know. Thank you. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.